Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? It's Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. And I tell you, Adam, spring has sprung. It's in the air. The weather is real nice. It's going to be in the 80s all week. And I think that has spawned a phenomenon in the Delaware Valley. And we're going to we're going to talk about that a little Uh-oh. bit later. Spring <laughs> fever might be around the Delaware Valley. And uh, I'll explain a little bit of that more as we go on in the show. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Nick Sirianni press conference. Uh, I said a lot of interesting things. Probably the most normal. I know the bar was low, but definitely <laughs> the most normal press conference that Nick Sirianni has had. Uh, it was an interesting one. And, of course, rookie camp has ended and uh, we'll go through a little bit of what we might have heard about rookie camp in general and uh, it should be a pretty oh and, and running backs we'll talk a little bit about running oh, yeah. backs initial preview yeah this, we is, start this to, is yeah preview positions yeah. what we do is um each offseason we start a positional preview we really, really turn the thing upside down we go over stuff that we've even talked about at running back stuff that we know st- stuff they learn after the draft um rookie camp a little bit from what you and i'd heard but um, we'll start with running back and we'll, we'll, we'll take a deep dive because they've got a lot of them on the roster. And this is probably the most diverse set of running backs that they've had because they all seem to do something different. So we'll get into that. Well, that's a good segue. If people haven't caught it yet, last week we had Brian Westbrook on with us for ITB TV. I kind of like how we've been doing some, uh, you know, usually we like to tease our guests, but lately we're just dropping them and saying, hey, watch this, check out who we got, you know, Mark Schlereth. Brian Westbrook. Nobody knew it was coming, and we, we kind of had a, a cool reaction to that. People were like, wow, Brian Westbrook back on ITB. And it came, you know, he's a legend, and it came out of his mouth uh, that he felt this was the most complete running back stable that the Eagles have had in quite a while, probably since their, their Super Bowl team. They have a lot to offer in, in different varieties. And it's one of the few – actually, on this team, it's not going to be that few. Usually it's few, but for this team and this summer – you're going to see some pretty good competitions at training camp once everybody gets in here. Uh, rookie camp's over. It'll probably be a while, Adam, right, before we really see the full team because I don't know how many guys are really going to show up for the voluntary OTAs. So I think the mandatory camp, I believe, is mid-June. Yeah. So yeah. we got a couple of weeks before we're going to get some juicy storylines because people are at camp. So, um, But we're going to have them, but we're actually going to set it up. We, uh, we don't even need, need to worry about that because we're doing these con- we're, we're doing these previews. As you said, the competition is so in-depth this year. Not, I'm not used to this with the Eagles teams. Usually the, there's, there's not a lot to talk about with these positions, but there's so much open at running back. There are a ton of roles open. Receiver, a ton of roles open. Right. Offensive line, a depth, ton of roles open. Mm-hmm. Line, Certainly cornerback. Corner, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Well, they actually, I think we know what it is because they don't have anybody. Um, right. And it's like safety, their, their backup roles open. So this is actually, you're absolutely right. This is the most competition. Oh, by the way, the theme of this show today is the Nick Shiriani competition. I, I do really wonder, is he taking this thing too far? We'll get into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I had heard from uh, one of the coaches with the Colts, that he worked with that uh, he's super big on it. He actually means it. He really does mean it. It does seem sincere but the way he says it. I he does, say but that. is it over the top though? We'll, we'll get into that. Um, we actually should have asked Marsh Lareth that. Uh, what, what does he think about that? Moe's years as a former offensive lineman for the Broncos and a multi-Super Bowl winner. And also a guy that um, he actually did an Eagles game last year, the Browns game, mm-hmm. uh, the rain game in Cleveland. And right. uh, what does he think about the competition and having it? And is it real? I mean, we'll, We'll get into that as well. Well, Mark did drop a little hint about how he might have felt about Nick Sirianni when he closed the show 
with a rock, paper, scissors joke. So I don't know. You know, Brian, we talked to Brian about it, B West, and you should check out what he had to say about Nick Sirianni. I thought that was pretty interesting too. Um, and so there's, there's a, Hey, listen, there's a lot going on right now and it kind of segues into what I want to start, you know, the sun's out, um, whether it's spring fever or the, the phrase hope springs, uh, what is it? Hope springs optimistic eternal. or eternal. Yes. I, I sense this. And I, you know, I don't know if you've listened to in the past week, a lot of sports talk radio or just read a lot of comments, but what I find kind of fascinating is that if you were probably to ask, right about 10 Eagles fans on average, uh, right after the season was over, how are you feeling about the Eagles, you know, going into 2022? I think at least seven or eight are going to be like, not, not too good. You know, you're, you're worried about your starting qu- franchise quarterback being out. You're worried about your owner. You're worried about your GM. You're drafting the holes on the roster, the aging. I mean, you could just list off the things from 4, 11, and 1, right? Is that right? 4, no. 11, 1, yeah. Yeah, 4, 11, yeah. and 1. Mm-hmm. The, I swear the 17 is going to mess. Well, it's me funny. Up I, every time I, 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 I think I actually asked you, wait, what was that record? Was it four? It yeah. doesn't seem to add up to 16, but it it does. Does, I have to do the math in my head. And whenever I have to do math, it's never exactly. a good thing. So, exactly. so the bottom line is, you know, you talk to most people and I think they're fair in it at the end of the year. And there just wasn't a lot of optimism that 2021 was going to be this great year, right? It was going to be a, a rebuild or whatever you want to call it. And a lot of teams, a lot of people would say, man, they'd be lucky if they win six or seven or eight or eight games. And now we're in May. And really the only thing that's changed is the addition of a couple of good, but not great free agents. They're guys who can hopefully hold the fort down at certain positions. And then they had a draft and I know people like Devonte Smith, but Adam all last week, and I'm not saying everybody, but I heard a strong enough sentiment from either comments on our message board or even people calling sports talk radio And it was like, you know, I think the Eagles are going to be a lot better than people think. You know, this team is actually going to be pretty good. Or Jalen Hurts, I think he's the the best or second best quarterback in the division already. He's better than Daniel Jones. He's going to be better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's like, I don't know what, other than time, I don't know what happened from the last, like the first week of January, you know, end of the season till now that has made a segment I don't know how big it really is a faction of the public all of a sudden turn around and think that the franchise is doing great I even heard some guy call up and say I think oh, he, no. up, uh, he said you know what the Eagles are in a really good spot I mean I'm like he said I'm really optimistic about them they're in a good so? spot and I thought he didn't so? elaborate on it but exactly. I, I thought man if the Eagles are in a good spot what does that make like the Chiefs or the Bucks or like, you know, well, the well, Chargers or Justin let, Herbert? Yeah, let me ask you this because it is out there and I'm aware of it. Um, uh-huh. Okay, this is the this is the NFL's worst division. It still is bad, okay? Dallas will be better than last year because Dak Prescott's back. Right. We don't know about Washington yet with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Historically, he's not going to finish the season as a starter. It's just not going to happen one way or the other. They, they didn't even draft anybody, which is absurd. Uh, the Giants with Daniel Jones, more interceptions than touchdown passes, but he's got upside. Mm-hmm. He hasn't put it together yet. Um, they had an interesting offseason. They, they should be better than last year. Definitely. Quite, quite frankly, though, it, it is kind of, the division's up for grabs. I just don't think the Eagles are as talented as the other rosters. Now, what would it take for them to even be 500? Let me throw this back at you. What would it take for a five? They can't be technically 500. There's 17 games, but <laughs> correct. <laughs> what would it take for them to have eight wins this season? All right. Number one. First and foremost, they're not a deep team, so they have to be not just healthier than they've been the last few years because that's another low bar, but they've got to be healthier. than They have to be in the top 
like third of the NFL as far as health because they're just not they're not deep at linebacker they're certainly not deep at corner they're not deep at safety uh they've got decent depth on the offensive line although it was challenged last year um not deep at quarterback if Jalen Hurts is their quarterback this year and he gets hurt yeah, I guess Joe Flacco is a pretty good veteran. I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm not trying to bash. Yeah, him. Yeah, I mean he's but, a good fill-in starter. But you almost have to change the offense around probably yep. a little bit. Yep. Not not necessarily deep at wide receiver because even though they have bodies, there's not a whole lot of proven guys. So, you know, I mean, I, I know that's the case for every team, but some teams are much deeper than others. Like the Eagles in 2017 and 18 had good depth, um, but now it's it's completely different. So that, that would be number one, Adam, is that this team has to be way healthier than it's been in the past. And I would say just number two is that their offensive and defensive lines have to be elite to make up for the, the back end of the defense. You get your defensive line hitting the quarterback and to, to, to help a second year quarterback to, to help him along the way, to give him the time to find everybody open out there, then he's going to need great blocking. Yeah, so this is Hersh's first full season as a starter with an asterisk. I say asterisk. Unless something crazy happens, they trade for Deshaun Watson. It's still out there. One thing I'll say about that story, you and I have known about this since really in mid-March. The Eagles have been monitoring this situation. I don't think they've stopped monitoring it. And by the way, you notice there are no reports to refute anything that's out there about the Eagles' interest in Watson. You, you and I know this historically since we've covered the team. Mm-hmm. When they don't want something out there, they're going to shoot it down through somebody. They haven't done that. Right. Just just think about that, folks. There's a reason for it. Sure. Sure. So I don't know. And again, I want I want people to understand me clearly here. I'm not picking on anyone, right? I'm I'm because sometimes we talk about this and 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 we'll get comments, oh, Jeff and Adam are always digging at the fans or condescending. No, I'm not digging at anybody. I'm asking a question why people would have because I have to imagine there's there's a, a, a cross section here of the same fan, the same people who were so down on the team two or three months ago have now woken up and said, you know what? They're going to be a lot better than I thought. I would just ask, you know, what is it why? and why? <laughs> right. And I would remind you that, that that kind of thinking may be detrimental to you as a fan, because then all of a sudden you build up an expectation that the team should be this. And when it, if it doesn't meet it, you get, Back to all oh, they they're sour. I can't believe that everybody's got to be fired. Remember, 2016, they started off three and zero, and everybody thought, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable." They're three and zero. They waxed the Steelers in in week three. I remember listening to um, some sports talk shows, and and the theme was, "Do we need to recalibrate our thinking of the Eagles?" But nothing like they were still a team with a, a first year head coach, a first year quarterback. Um, not a great secondary. Like, you know how the, you know that the season is an ebb and flow and you can catch some teams at the right time. You can get hot, yeah. you can get cold. And clearly the 2016 Eagles were not going to be a playoff team or a really good team. I don't care what the Eagles themselves thought. It was pretty obvious when you have DGB and Nelson Aguilar on the out, <laughs> they, they were, they were a mess in enough areas to know that they needed to develop, but three and Oh, turned people into, Oh my God. So that the point when they actually started losing games that people thought they win Remember, people wanted Doug fired after the first year. They thought he was incompetent. They thought Carson was throwing too many picks. I mean, again, that's all I'm saying is that you get you you almost lull yourself into thinking having too high expectations, and then you're disappointed when a team does what it should, but that didn't meet the expectations that you had. Right. So they're they're to me on paper they're a six or seven win team on paper. Okay. Now, I think that's fair. How could they be better than that? Here's where they can be. 
these young kids, now Fulgham is very gifted. He, we know we detailed first last, last, probably in November, we were hearing kind of why he didn't get the job back from, from Jeffrey. It was part because Jeffrey's high, highly paid veteran. He was going to get, he was going to cut into his time anyway. Mm-hmm. Plus Fulgham did not handle everything that was happening about his, I don't want to call it demotion, but not getting the playing time. Well, he needed to practice better. He performed better. Right. Doug Peterson, by the way, I went back and looked at his, his um, I did this about a month or so ago. I looked back at the press conference when he was asked about this. Like he did, he said it in his own way. Like if you really read through them, he wouldn't come out and criticize him. He just said, he's got to earn the playing time. Right. And look, that's the truth he got benched. Oh, I did bench. He was even playing for Detroit, but um, he thought he should have been playing more from our sources. We were told that Fulgham thought he should have been playing more. The coaches didn't. The coaches won him off the football team. So they got him off the football team. Right. So he, he needs to grow up a little bit, but he's very gifted. If he puts it together, if Rager puts it together again, these are all ifs. This is, you know, again, we're talking about how could they be 500 or better? Right. Rager's supremely gifted. He just has to put it together. He was hurt last season. Smith, from what we've heard, we're not going to do a lot of rookie camp stuff because there's really nothing there. Very little. Right. right. But I do want to mention this from what we've heard. When, when, when I say Smith looks the part, it's not his body. I'm not th- even talking about that and how fast he is. I'm talking about he's a Nick Saban coach player. He's super serious about his job, as is Landon Dickerson. He's going to be great for the locker room. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt about it. Everything I'd heard prior is exactly what I heard during the camp. Super serious about his job. This is exactly what this room needed is an alpha. He's going to be the leader of that, that room. You just wait and see. Yeah, you know, as we're talking about wide receivers and Travis Fulgham last year getting benched, we know that part of that was also Alshon Jeffrey coming back. And yeah. I, I can't believe it. Well, I can believe it, but Alshon Jeffrey is still a free agent, is he not? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That? He changed agencies. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he is out there. And look, he's Alshon is uh, an older player now. He's in his 30s, a major injury history, and that's. Mm-hmm. But the guy produces. He's a, to me, he'd be a good fourth receiver for a team, a, a, a 25 to 30 snap a game guy. That's what I think he is at this point in his career. Probably. Also, Jason Peters still out there. He did say he wanted to play. I know he did an interview, I believe, with John Clark, like, you know, a month after the season and said, uh-huh. I still want to play. It's probably not going to be in Philly. I, think, I love how he said probably because you can't you can never slam the door probably. when it's Jason Peters, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You just can never slam the door. No, he's like Jason from Friday the 13th. He just keeps coming back. But, um, you know, Jason might get into <laughs> scouting, by the way, I heard. he. Uh, That's right. He's an interesting personnel, I'm told. And he also has a line that he might get into the condiment business like our, our, our friend Mark Schlereth. But uh, he is, I'll tell you what, I know I'm talking to Eagles about Peters, he is real good at teaching younger, younger players technique. Mm-hmm. He actually will teach them in practice. He'll 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 help them. So that's that's a good thing. Wow. Well, I mean, he was uh, listen. He was very respected by the fellow offensive oh, yeah. and defensive line. So yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see. I, I kind of thought Kansas City with all before you know because they had such a, a uh, offensive line woes and now they've signed a lot of guys. But maybe <laughs> even still, I just thought I kind of thought maybe the, the Chiefs might take a shot. Kansas City is now 10 deep. It's unbelievable. They went from having an uh, – their line was a joke in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're legit 10 deep. Like, all 10 of the guys could play or start. It's really remarkable. Yeah. I, um, uh, the newsflash, this just in. I think the Chiefs are going to be pretty good this year. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It, it, Annie and Brett Veach got it, and uh, we thank Brett. Actually came on our show last summer, uh, right before camp started. That was pretty yeah. cool. But, that uh, was really awesome. Look, th- this, this team – and then, you know, offensively at wide receiver, um, I'm expecting this to be a, 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 a uh, 
good year for Goddard, whether Ertz is on the team or not. Right now he is. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to knock down the, the running backs in a, in a couple minutes here. And defensively, there's just no depth. They, they really have no depth on the defensive line at all. They're three deep at DN. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. D-tackle, they're, they're too deep. We don't know about Ridgeway. He's never been able to put it together. He's been hurt a lot. Right. Milton Williams is a tweener. We don't know about him yet. We know what the skill set is. We also know he's got shorter arms than you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a problem for other teams that I spoke to. Tui Pelotu is an interesting kid who probably should have been drafted earlier, but again, he's never played in the NFL. He's a rookie. So they have no depth right now in the defensive line. It's proven they're too deep right now. That's a problem. Yeah. Linebacker is always a problem. We, yeah. we don't need to go into it. We've said it a thousand times now at outside corner. It's a major issue. Mm-hmm. These are problems. They're, they're, yeah. they're not going to be solved. Okay. They're, the Eagles will add a corner at some point, an outside corner, maybe two. Uh, by, by early, late July, early August. But the fact of the matter is teams aren't giving, teams aren't trading you a starting corner. They might trade you, it, it, barring a Ronald Darby situation where the guy that they're trading for is in a bad scheme fit. You just can't depend on that. That's, that's my point. You just can't think that's going to happen. Right. So, all right. Well, I'm glad you and I kind of see eye to eye. You've heard the sentiment out there too. And, and maybe the Eagles will prove people wrong. I just find it, I still wonder like what happened between then and now that people just like got, and I feel like this happens every, every uh, off season, by the way. Um, and not just the Eagles. Like, you know, I think it's the nature of, of like being like fandom. You always want to be optimistic. Oh, yeah. The Phillies sure. will make a few moves and nothing splashy. It's like, all right, they're all, we're all, we get all in on the Phillies every year. And then by June, we're like, Oh my God, they're still, 500. I mean, no matter I, what I, they do. <laughs> oh, oh, the, uh, oh, the Phillies. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Girardi. Goodness gracious. Well, that's another, that's for your show, the powder blow show, but that's right. Look right now, this to me is a, this is, they got real issues on defense. I just, I don't see it. They, they cannot afford an injury on the defensive line. They're major. They got a major issue. Very agree. Very much. Those, agree. those four starters, any of them get hurt. Um, I do believe this, and this will help you in fantasy. They're probably going to have to throw way more than they want to because I don't think the defense is going to stop anyone. Yeah. I just don't think they're talented enough. By the Sorry. way, what happens if Slay? I mean, forget getting hurt. Oh God, he's games. the worst. What if he has to come out of a half? Like what? No, he <laughs> is the um, he is to me the most indispensable player right now. Yeah. If he gets hurt, oh Evey, what are they going to put out? Jameson Houston, Michael Chiquette, uh, Zach, other than uh, Zach McPherson and right, you know, Zach yeah. McPherson. And, well, he's going to play. He actually might start, but. Graylon Arnold, I don't know where they're going to line him up yet. I want that's not something I'm going to cover till training camp because we're, we're yeah, I know he's about hundredth on our priority list to find out about. I don't even know if he'll even be in training camp. He has to make it there first. Let's see what happens. Right, but M- M- uh, Mater's the kid that uh, we should mention him. That was the one roster move they made. Right, it was on and off Minnesota's practice squad and active roster. I don't know, you know, three or four times. Well, it's Nate Mater, right? Is that Nate Mater's? Name? Yeah, right, yeah. right. He's a, a combo player, safety corner. Mm-hmm. He's also with Jacksonville. Now he's a young guy, only 24. But again, he's yet another guy who, play, who, who knows Jonathan Gannon's uh, defense because he's running, uh, as we were told back in March, and it still holds true, or February, whatever the hell it was. Right. They're running what he's going to run his version of Zimmer's off a defense. But I do wonder, and we're not going to know this for a while, what, what, what won't he use with Zimmer's? And we take something from Matt Eberflus. We don't know that yet, but we're, we're certainly going to find out. Absolutely. All right. Um, look. I have no idea how much winning the Eagles are going to be doing in 2021, right? I know that I liked winning and you like winning when we were in high school. Uh, those days are long, long past us. We've retired off the field. 
a long, <laughs> long time ago, but we are still winning now because we use Deal Dash, the online shopping platform that's actually fun, right? Deal Dash, it's the longest running penny auction website and app around. I know that sounds too good to be true, but you know what? It is. It's true. We've seen a car sold for $900. We've seen a brand new TV, less than $2. I saw wireless speakers, outdoor, waterproof, less than $100. They were valued at over $200. It's an amazing site. You got to check it out. Don't be a loser. Stop paying full retail price for the things that you want and on here. get on DealDash. App. Go ahead. Get that app. Got on my phone. Oh, yeah. DealDash.com or download the app. And when you register... Use the promo code ITB for a special offer for some bonus free bids. That's ITB for a special offer on bonus free bids when you use that promo code ITB. All right. So let's talk uh, about the Nick Sirianni press conference. There's another thing that another, I guess, it's not really a fan sentiment. It's just uh, because everybody is saying this that I want to eventually talk about with you. Um, But a lot of the questions were centered on, competition as you mentioned earlier and he did and a lot of them were also designed to try to get Nick Sirianni to declare <laughs> Jalen Hurts a starting quarterback which he's he making did fun of it yeah. an excellent job of a not taking the bait and b I liked how he said he goes you guys aren't gonna leave this alone are you so I mean <laughs> look if, if some guy would ever crack by now as the Eagles head coach, it would have been Nick for all the abuse that he's taken from his. his hey, it ain't going to get easier. It's not going to get easier for him. He, I know. Wait till he loses a game. Oh, oh yeah. The, the, look, I think the fans now see this guy's all about energy and passion for the job. Definitely. And accountability is also the, the two things that I had heard from various people who've worked with him over the years is accountability and competition. Mm-hmm. The major issue with Peterson over the, over the final years is a lack of accountability. Right. Not holding the players accountable enough. Uh, when Doug, when Doug started figuring it out after 16, when he knew he had to be hold players more accountable, guys are getting fined who weren't getting fined before. Um, I, I told that story about, I haven't talked about this in like three years, but very quickly, this is this, this parallels to here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think it's between the Atlanta and the Minnesota playoff games and the Super Bowl run where the Eagles receiver drops the football and everybody stands there. Cause they don't know if it was incomplete or, or fumble. And he, uh, Doug went off. He couldn't understand it. He's like, what the hell you got? You know, he cursed. Right. Obviously. Right. Right. He went after his coaches and he went after his players. And, you know, I, I don't think this will ever be a, not only will it not be a problem for this head coach, the way that I hear it. Okay. And now we're, we're going to learn more when I, when, when you and I go to training camp uh, in particular, but we saw this with Andy Reid. He did this with when Michael Vick came in. Uh, mm-hmm. when, I remember when he went after Jeremy Macklin, Macklin's first practice. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, man, this is just a rookie minicamp. Who cares? Yeah, he did it from day one with George yeah. Heckman. I mean, George, you know. oh, George Heckman. Now that, now that. Blocking slide. When he said, Eagles better come correct. I shouldn't remember the stuff, but I remember being taken aback that George Heckman thought he needed to get a new contract. <laughs> he said, the Eagles need to come correct. That was, that was it. He was out. The next day, he made him, as you just said, block the sled, use the yeah. blocking sled. Yeah. And he, then he cut him. And <laughs> did we talk to Joe Banner about that? I think we yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, I remember asking, we, we, one of us asked Joe um, about, you know, the ways in which Andy kind of seized control of the team as soon as he got there. This is right after Nick Sirianni was hired. Yeah. And I, and I, I think I said, you know, 
aside from the story we've all heard about George Hegeman. And then he, he wound up, you know, going into that, but then he, he gave a couple of anecdotes about how Andy was always just like supremely confident from day one that he was going to run this program tight, you know, um, you know, you know, just the, with a, with a, a an iron, not an iron fist, but he was going to run the program. Oh, oh early Jeff yeah. 99 and 2000. You talk to anyone who worked for him and we've talked to uh, other players who've, who've over the years have played for Andy. Mm-hmm. He was tough as hell the first oh, yeah. year because remember, it did not end well for Ray Rhodes and, and that staff. And Andy had a had a he Andy was coming and setting the tone. He was, and as you know, Andy's got a heart of gold. But man, those first two years was unbelievably difficult for the players. Yeah, he, I remember Trey Thomas saying how much he got fined. <laughs> that yeah, year, yeah, on our a, show, a couple of pounds yeah. overweight, and he was. Yeah. He was paying my, like what my mortgage is on for like three years, just in, in fines. <laughs> Did he say like 30? He said so, I, it was something absurd. Like I couldn't yeah. believe that people could get fined that much. Yeah. Money. And, and he was late. What is he late? One or two times? I don't know what it was, but yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I'm expecting to move this back to Nick Sirianni. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting him to do what I've heard. He's going to be hold players accountable at every practice. Remember they get to watch even this tape where there's not much to learn. Mm-hmm. You, you, what, what coaches always tell me, you want them from station to station, from drill to drill, running and, and, and not, or jogging or running and not walking. They're just the little things that you have to set the tone when this is your program. Mm-hmm. And I'm, over time, Jeff and I will be checking in with our people and finding out, hey, what do you think about this guy? Is he for real? Because he seems like it, but what is he like behind the scenes? Because Peterson in year one was trying to figure it out. He was like a fish swimming up water. He really upstream. He, he was trying to figure it out. He wasn't, he, quite frankly, he wasn't ready. Doug Peterson year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he, you know, something happened. I don't know if people got in his ear. He started to know that he was in trouble mm-hmm. or something, something he, the way I'd heard it after the season, he knew that. And obviously he must've known about the Jim Schwartz long meeting with Jeffrey Laurie, mm-hmm. um, but something happened. The light went off. Now with this guy, he hasn't been here for very long. He doesn't have a great roster. They're probably not going to be very good. Mm-hmm. He can't look at it that way. He's just got a coach heart. And I like, I also like how he talked about his, his coaches uh, this past, the previous week here in the rookie camp. Loved it. Yeah. How he talked about them competing. And th- this is, this guy is interesting. I, I, I don't know how good of a coach he's going to be, but he sure speaks like he's got himself together, but we're going to see. I, I tell you something. It's funny how sometimes even in coach speak, there can be some acknowledged truth and uh, unintentionally. You know, he, he said exactly what you said. He was asked about his coaching staff. The first thing he said was that they're going to get tired of him always talking about fundamentals and technique. He said it was going to be a relentless pit bull about those kind of things, which I think is a good thing. And it's, it, is it coach speak? Yes, because I've heard a lot of coaches say that. I, I don't know that it was preached by Doug the way or, and, and applied. Hopefully it is, will be by this guy. We'll see. Um, but he, he said he was going to be relentless about it. And then, the second thing, as you mentioned, he talked about how the coaches are coaching for their jobs, just like the players are playing for their jobs. Now, do I think he just said that because he's just kind of trying to paint a picture of working tirelessly? Yeah, but just as you talked about, D- D- Doug almost se- it, oh, it seemed rocky there for Doug. After one year where his offense led the NFL in time of possession and they won seven games with a rookie quarterback and not a great team, there were still some – shakiness there as you mentioned the the meeting with Jim Schwartz right which to me goes to show that the people up top who make these decisions are a little bit impatient more than they they can or should be at times so I don't know if Nick Sirianni was really thinking hey if I don't do well I'll be fired after a year but 
you just never know with this this team these days. No, so. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's just that this is, from what I understand, this is the way that guy is. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not yeah. trying to say I might get fired after year, but I'm what I'm saying is go in four or five games, and you know you, you're probably going to feel a little pinch there at, at some point. We'll see. We, we, we don't have it right, but this is not. This guy's got himself together way more than Peterson did as a rookie. Coach, well, you say coach. that, but I mean, I, I, but I, just we'll on see. the surface. We'll yeah. talking to people work with him and talking mm-hmm. to the Eagles people in the front office Peterson was trying to figure it out he was I don't know if any rookie head coach is ready but he was really wet behind the ears and remember this is now I know that there's a parallel between two because no one else was looking to interview uh Sirianni be head coach and Doug Peterson no one else put a, a slip in to interview mm-hmm. him and no one was really thinking about it only reason why I got the interview is because of the his relationship with the Eagles right funny right. how things work out definitely uh so so he also was asked about Jalen Hurts um, in many different ways. I like Tim. McM- I liked a couple of questions. Yeah. Tim McManus asked a good question because he asked Nick, you know, about the messaging. You know, the reports are out there. Okay, you're not going to comment on the reports, but you have a guy right now who's, you know, pulling the, the wide receivers together, the running backs, doing workouts, in, in and readying to be the starting quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So, what is the messaging to him? And that was where Nick came up with a pretty. I don't want to say came up. He had a good answer in that he at least praised Jalen for the work that they've been able to do in zoom meetings. And um, I think he mentioned that he's a, he's shown to be a quick learner, a hard worker. And um, there's something else. He's done a heck of a job learning the offense. And look, it was like this, if you're going to get something out of Nick Sirianni about Jalen hurts, that was going to be it. And he had good praise for him there. Yeah, I like when he said he could rattle off exactly what he's supposed to do on every single play. That's good. Right. That that means he, he's learning, and that's part of the virtual program. Look, the, the first of all, he doesn't have personnel control, so he can't comment on what we've heard and other reporters have heard about the Eagles monitoring the situation with Watson. He, he's not going to – first of all, Watson's part of another team, so he can't. That would be tampering. Right. Number two, he, he can't. he can't shoot anything down or, or say anything is going on or in any way, shape, or form because that's not his job. Mm-hmm. So for him to comment on it, it's, it's pointless. And that, I'm glad he, he handled it that way. It's exactly really what he said. Absolutely. All right. I want to get to the, the, the crux, though, of the, the Jalen Hurts question that I like the most, because I thought the question itself was, was a, a very good and fair question. Now, the answer wasn't great because it, it had to do with Jalen Hurts and starting. Um, but we'll talk about that in a second. First, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code ITB when you sign up to hammer the over for every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point, right? So that's pretty cool. This is like kind of an all-in effort by DraftKings. Let's everybody hammer the over, get the line to decrease, and you get better odds to win, all right? So uh, okay. there's a lot, of, a lot of big games coming up too in the NBA playoffs as well. All right, Um So Jalen Hurts' question, the one from Rob Motti, I thought was really interesting. And what Rob basically asked him was, is it fair? I'm going to see if I can find the uh, the question here so I'm not paraphrasing because I thought it was really good. It was basically, you know, if if, if it's just one year, are you evaluating him for 2000? He says, how much of a, a priority is for the Eagles in 2021 to find out if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future in 2022 and beyond? And do you think one year with a young team and a young coaching staff is good enough to accurately assess whether or not he can be that guy? It's a great question. 
it's a great, I'll tell you why I think it's a great question. And by the way, the answer was nothing good because it was basically Nick saying, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just here for day one, day two. Well, I'm not even focused on 2022. Well, that's what he would say. I mean, that's of course. Yeah. You don't I, well, go ahead. So, so I'll tell you why I think it's a great question though, Adam, even though it's not about the answer, it's really about the discussion that we're about to have. Mm-hmm. There is a school of thought out there. I'd say it's a pretty prominent one too. Um, that, the Eagles should just give Jalen Hurts this year, right? Find out what you got in Jalen Hurts. And then if you don't, you know, if you don't got what you're looking for, you got all those picks next year. But I feel like when you say that, when someone says that, it makes it a very cut and dried question. Like, like after this year, you're just going to find out Jalen Hurts is not good or you're going to find out he's really good. And unfortunately, there's too many variables in my, in my mind that can come up that can make the conversation at the end of the year the exact same as it is right now. Like, for example, what if he goes eight or nine or nine and eight, has some peaks, has some valleys? Do you really know after a year with a record like that whether he's good enough for year two? You will, but yeah, but here's the thing. Hold you on, do, wait, wait, only... let me just go through all the variables. What if he gets hurt for five or six games and he only winds up playing 12 and he's – six and six or seven and four, like something where again, peaks and valleys. Like I, I feel like when you say, let's just give Jalen hurts a year and then see what you got. The insinuation is he's either going to be, you know, nine, either win 10 or 11, 12 games, or he's going to stink and win two or three or four. I don't think it's about the record. See, I don't think it's about the record as much at all. I think it's about what the tape shows you tapes outweighs everything. What's the tape look like? Yeah, but that's fair. And I get how many, how many, other than Deshaun Watson last year, how many times does a guy have a really good year, but the, but the record doesn't reflect it or a really bad year and the record doesn't reflect it. You just got to go by the tape. What's the tape tell you? I mean, what if the tape tells you he was good, you know, he had some really good games and some, some really bad games. Well, that's, he's a, this is his first full year starting. I mean, I, I don't know what the expectations are because again, this guy was, as you and I outlined, we know the Eagles didn't have a second round grade on him. They just took him there because they didn't want else, anyone else to get him right. late in the second round. So to me, I don't know what this guy is as a quarterback. That That's why I, I personally would like to see what they have in him. But that's not something right now that they're they're really focused on. But at the end of the year, you're going to – assuming that they don't make any trade for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. he's going to get the full season. He should, unless he's, unless he's A, really bad, or B, gets hurt. Mm-hmm. they'll have 17 not 16 games you'll just you'll go by the tape you'll look at the record but you have to go through why it let's say they're he starts all season they're five and 12 is he the reason they f- only have five wins or did he play way better than that that the defense that, that they were having to throw 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 because the defense is pitiful i mean it, it, you got to put in so, proper context. But that just adds variables you're right i mean that's fair and the tape could show that but the bottom line is normally like tape usually correlates to something like if you're, if you're, if you're an inconsistent quarterback, then the, the grade will, I mean, the, the, the tape will be show it. The record will probably reflect it. I think there's a chance that at the end of the year, a good chance that you could have seen some really good things and some really bad things and still not be sure if the bad things are, are can still be correct. Let's put it this way. If, if he, if he shows that he handled the job capably, he's pretty much going to be the quarterback in 2022. Mm-hmm. If he's overwhelmed, struggles, inaccurate. Remember, we, we first noted this a couple months ago about what we we're hearing type of offense he was going to run, mm-hmm. uh, which about Sirianni is a old school West Coast timing. Uh, you had a really good note. Um, 
You said, did you say option the, route? The uh, in route adjustments of the wide receivers. Yeah. Will be, it will be prioritized. Yeah. And that, that is, that is so much anticipation and timing. Yeah. It puts a lot on the quarterback to, to yeah. really have that down. If he can't handle it, he's not going to be the quarterback at 22. That, that, mm-hmm. that to me is like right there. If you list the five things you want out of, of this offense from whoever's starting, which we, we highly suspect it's going to be high. The percentage is super high. That's going to be uh, hurts the entire season. Mm-hmm. He's got to be super accurate. I mean, being a 57% passer will not work. I don't care how young this group is. Um, now, I know that Sirianni's first time calling plays. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the type of offense they have is going to be structured on scheming guys to get open. Like, th- there's no better schemer of getting guys open than Kyle Shanahan. He's the best that I've seen in years. Mm-hmm. Peyton's right up there, but the- Kyle Shanahan, not that Sirianni's as good as, as Shanahan, but the type of offense they're going to run is a space game and mm-hmm. – and, and slants and and all sorts of in-breaking routes and guys got to run good routes and the quarterback has to see it before it happens if he can't he won't be the quarterback don't leave big red out of that conversation either well Andy's at a different but Andy's not running the the west coast like we we like Kyle Shanahan they're so different that's true yeah the only similarities terminology terminology I mean half the league runs North Turner's offense the other half runs Shanahan's offense in terms of terminology right all right. Well, you know, you do make a good point. Like, take take a guy like um, Justin Herbert last year. He looked really good. The Chargers overall were bad. I mean, they they were they didn't have a good record. So you can so the Chargers knew at the end of the year that Justin Herbert was going to be just fine going forward. And by the way, but I'll give you an example of a guy who, let's say you he's fine because he's he was a oh, he was great. No, no, no. I'm getting. I haven't gotten the name yet. Tua. Oh. Tua is a oh, guy cool. that had a yanked out of games, right? Oh. Now, when I said he's fine, I just meant he's going to be the quarterback of the Dolphins next year, barring something crazy. But, like, if you were just judging Tua on one year, you might be making – Like, if if Jalen Hurts has a year this year, like Tua had last year, I don't know what you do. Do Because there were certainly things to do well. Honestly, Tua was benched twice. And in week 17, I unfortunately watched every snap of that game uh, because I wanted to see Tua. It was against Buffalo. He was terrible. Right. He would have been pulled, but Fitzpatrick was on the COVID list. So that would have been three times. That's not. And by the way, but the way that they handled Till was awful. It was very odd. <laughs> what are you like? What that. are you pulling the guy? It's so bizarre. First, they pull Fitzpatrick when they're in the mid mid season when they're when they I think they might have been above five hundred. They're definitely in the playoff race. So they pull him, put Till in, and mm-hmm. they pull him twice. <laughs> I don't know. Brian Flores has done a nice job, but that was one of the most bizarre situations of handling quarterback. And yeah, look to sum it up. We'll know. We're all gonna know. I I, I don't think you'll. If he if Hertz starts the entire season, we're gonna know we know what the tape looks like. We even if you watch TV, you know what the quarterback position looks like. It's not gonna be hard to grade him. I, I'm not so certain. I, I think that there's gonna be a like I think about how Nick Foles like sometimes could look amazing and then sometimes 2013 not. season even a gimmick offense. Yeah, reality the, hit Nick after that. Right, and but there there were times where you're like, look, the Rams thought he was gonna be good and they traded for him, but they wasn't. Like like I think that you can have an incomplete picture of a guy after one year, and I I worry that that might be the case with Jalen and that the not worry, but I'm not, I don't care. But I mean, like the team is put in this position where they have to make kind of a, a, a decision where you don't have all the evidence or you're not sure, but that's for them to figure out. Well, we'll but we'll, us to just analyze, but what we'll do, but actually this brings up a great subject. We'll probably do it in December. If the mm-hmm. Hertz has started the entire season, we'll and the fans will do it too. on on uh, our ITB board and Facebook, if you haven't joined it, everybody will give it and we'll do our shows with Cosell and we'll see who, if Trey Thomas will be back with us, hopefully he will be. But um, when we do our, our Sunday show, um, 
and 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 our tape review show. We're gonna have yep. all this. Well, you by the way, folks, you won't ever have to guess. We'll make the decision for the Eagles with our sources. We'll we'll know it. We'll we'll, we'll have gone for the tape from our people. Mm-hmm. We'll know it. We we talked to we talked to so many teams that do advance on the Eagles. They'll tell us. Like you won't have to guess. We'll have already told you before the season ended who the quarterback's gonna be because the tape will tell us and it'll speak to us. The tape, the eye in the sky don't lie. It does not lie. Does not. All right. You know who else doesn't lie? Our friends at phlsportsnation.com. Make sure you check them out. They're enhancing the fans' experience with their coverage of all of our Philadelphia sports teams. You can find them on Twitter at phlsportsnation or just go to the website phlsportsnation.com. Let's pause real quick for another word from our great sponsors, including our friends at Sky Motor Cars. Sky Motor Cars in Westchester is a different sort of dealership. All it takes is one look at their Highline pre-owned vehicles that people all over the country want and need. Owner Brett Shoulder, make sure you don't spend a dime of your money before you purchase the car. Sky Motor Cars allows you to make all the decisions regarding your next vehicle. At Sky Motor Cars, you never have to spend more than necessary. Visit SkyMotorCars.com today or call 610-918-7225. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. All right, and if you go into Sky Motor Cars, make sure you tell them Adam and Jeff sent you. I guarantee you, you will get a phenomenal deal. And by the way, if you're looking to sell a car, they are buying. There's a used car shortage around the country. Brett Shoulder, I talked to Brett uh, last week, uh, the owner. And though they're doing phenomenally well, man, he's, I mean, they need cars. In fact, um, I might, one of my dealerships called me that I've bought cars from over the years. They call, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Maybe I'll give Brett a call. Maybe I can Yeah, but so if you're looking to sell your car, call Brett Shoulder. They, they are, uh, his shop is in Westchester. Right. We're off 202. In fact, the last time I went to his place, I went to the driving range. There's a driving range right near his, uh, if you didn't want to play golf, there's a really good driving range there. But um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're looking for cars, folks. Not only do they sell incredible cars, go to their website, website at skymotorcars.com. Excellent. All right. Let's talk some running backs as we uh, do our positional. Preview. Oh yeah. Let's do that. Yep. Yeah. We'll get into some running backs here. Uh, as I mentioned before, Brian Westbrook says the most complete uh, running back group that they've had in quite a while. Me. When he said that on ITB TV, that and we asked him why, and he, he described it. Mm-hmm. And I think that the truth is there's a diverse group of of backs. You've got Howard, who's the big back, power back. Carryon Johnson's a combination of size and versatility. You worry about the knee. We'll mm-hmm. get into that. Boston Scott obviously did not do as well last year. That's why he's got a lot of competition. Um, it's not, folks. It's never about yards per carry. It's about what the tape shows you. Right. It's it's. Then you match the numbers up to the tape, and then you'll see what kind of back he is. He did not play to his numbers. Is it That's, fair to say it could be about the yards per carry when he averaged one point two with Miami last year? Right. No, but the overall <laughs> but people, no, yeah. oh, he had well, he had a good 
yards per carry, folks, the tape wasn't very good. I mean, we yeah. told you this last year. If you listen to us, we tried to warn you. Yeah. Um, I, I was a big Boston Scott fan. We had B West on last year and he talked about him. Uh, I guess he, he, he talked to him as a matter of fact, I think he said he did. Yeah. 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 And Boston just did not progress. And, and, and the thing is, we said this, he's not a number two running back. He's a three and he's a changeup. If you use him correctly, I think he could be very effective on those wheel routes and certain, certain things that he does well, but let, let's get started with Miles Sanders. And, and, and I'm getting the fantasy people are going out of their minds. I think Matthew Barry, my friend, Matthew, I call him, I I've known him since 2000. I know him as Matt, but he's, he's been in Miles Sanders detractor. So he's trying to think like the carry on Johnson uh, waiver claim is a death knell to Miles Sanders career, which obviously is stupid. It's not. What? Yeah. He, he, I had a couple of people ask me on Twitter smarter than that to comment on it. And I'm like, I, I, Barry will want to be mailing me closer to the season as he always does. Uh-huh. I like Matt. I've known him forever. Um, but he just, he's a comp- conspiracy theorist when it comes to these running backs. Uh, that's fine. Um, he, he's not <laughs> conspiracy. Th- he I love is. It. He thinks like there's some kind of underlying meaning. And I had a couple people, <laughs> one guy asked John Hanson, I on our fancy show to talk about it. Cause I've been sort of a miles Sanders truther, but I also tell the truth. Miles did not progress. Like he didn't regress at all. He right. just didn't progress like they thought he would. And it's fair. I, I, I'm, if you want to criticize Sanders for not doing as well as he should have last year, I'm, I'm with you. I expected more and we didn't get it. Um, well, sh- shame though on Matthew Berry for perpetrating the big lie <laughs> that carry on Johnson is here to take Miles Sanders. No, no, jump. but he said he's, he <laughs> thinks like this is a sign that they're not happy with Sanders. That's not the case. No, no. I think that they're just trying to to increase the value of their running back room. I mean, you have a chance to claim a guy off waivers and take a contract for a guy who's had good flashes, but as, as you mentioned, has been hurt and compete for your number two back. And as we've said all along, it, it all really ties into Boston Scott, right? Because you just don't want him as your number one back. I think, you know, I hope he's on the team. I like Boston Scott and I like what he brings from a multidimensional mm-hmm. skill set, but I don't like him stepping into the number one back role if Miles Sanders has to miss two or three games or anything exactly. like that. I like the idea of on Johnson then stepping into that role and being the lead back, or at least most lead back. Then you split a little bit with, with Gamewell and with um, Boston Scott if he's on yes. the team. But yeah, I don't think, Johnson, yeah. just, just uh, one thing I want to say, on Johnson. His knee, he, I was told he wore a sleeve last year. He's, he's just not been the same. Hmm. had multiple knee injuries forget leave college out doesn't matter We're, right nothing that happened in college is affecting him now it's the knee that has happened here he had i'm told a pretty significant mcl a couple of years ago and he had another knee injury and he wore that sleeve and he just was not himself it, this is where the tape matched the numbers perfectly he ran for under four yards of carry which is pathetic mm-hmm. for guys gifted this guy was a second round pick jeff was talking about that yeah. i'm also told that the eagles had a very high they had high grades turned in 2018 he was drafted in the second round um he's a set him up vision running back cuts upright runner downhill really gifted outstanding pass protector that that's what i'm told uh for my lines guy uh really good at it good kid he's just not the same back because of the knee issue that's the only issue that he has his knee and it is an issue yeah it sounds a little bit like the from the jay ajayi school of you always have to worry about the knee you know well he had the he had the um Lack of cartilage, I, I think. Uh, yeah, he was bone on bone, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, I can't remember exactly what I put out there. Yeah. It, Pretty it, sure that that was the case. It I was because I remember I, I had asked someone like, wow, I can't believe he dropped to the fifth round. What happened? And that's what you just said is what he had. He had a bone on bone issue. The belief around the league was he might be only a one contract player. 
That means you're not being drafted in the upper half of the, of, of the draft. Right. You're going to be a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick when you're only one con- con- contract guy. Technically, he was more than that, but v- very little after that. Yeah, so I look forward. I agree that you know the knee will always be an issue, but I kind of that's why I kind of look forward to this carry on Johnson versus Jordan Howard competition. I some people have reached out to us and asked if it's possible that both of those guys are on the team, and I can't see the, yeah. the Eagles committing that all that money because at, how even with Jordan Howard's like kind of a million, I think is base salary. I'll look it up as you speak. Go ahead. If carry on Johnson and Jordan Howard both made the team, that means. One of them, maybe Jordan Howard, is your third running back at a million dollars. I mean, that's for a team that doesn't have a whole lot of money. Yeah, that it's seems um, like too much for a guy who's going to play like five five snaps. Jordan Howard does not even count against the cap right now. It's it it um really ba- yeah base is nine ninety. He's not part of the top fifty one nine ninety base. I'm looking at my my database nine ninety base cap numbers eight fifty. Now he's that's no guaranteed money. Yeah, he doesn't even. Isn't that still a lot for like nine ninety? Isn't that a lot for a third string running back? What's what's mm-hmm. Boston Scott making? Six, He's six probably six, in the three hundred thousand. No? no, no, no. Remember, oh, he's yeah, what um, talking about? Yeah, nine twenty actually is his base. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, his cap is also nine twenty because he was. I th- was he exclusive rights? Yes, he's, he was an exclusive rights running back. Wow. Um, I wonder Car- why Jordan Howard thought his career was done. I mean, how about those quotes? Huh? How about yeah. that? Well, I mean, the contract basically tells you. Right. Well, we know he had no interest. He basically next to no interest. That's why he came back. Um, right. But I was told uh, that the Eagles had him. I, I'd have this is going back a couple months, but I know they had him third or fourth on their list. And they wouldn't go to him if they couldn't get the right back for the amount of money they wanted. And similar to last summer mm-hmm. when they were chasing, um, what was the guy? Um, he's now with Jacksonville for the second time. Um, I'm seeing the former second rounder for the Niners. Um, you know, I'm talking about Brieta. No, uh, Carlos Hyde. Remember oh, the chase? Hyde, Carlos right, Hyde. right. Yes. They don't want to pay him. They, they, and I get it. Look, if you really look at it, what they're paying. Okay. My, l- let's just look at it really quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, um, less than a million, $982,294. Okay. Just under a million. Carry on Johnson. He's the highest paid running back on the roster. 1.3667 million. Okay. Um, Boston Scott, 920,000. Jordan Howard, uh, 990 salary, but cap, which is more important in this case, is 850. They're not paying a lot of money, less than five million for four backs. Yeah. So it it then the question is, and Kenny Gainwell 660. Mm-hmm. The question is, and which we're going to get into now, what are everyone's roles? This is the toughest thing to find out because it's we're only in May, but I I got I did a little digging. I think let's start with Miles Sanders. Obviously, he has no competition to be the first and second down back. There, there's mm-hmm. no competition there because he's he's the guy. Now, as Brian Westbrook said, he needs to be the guy. He needs to play on our ITB interview, which we did last week with him. B. West breaks it down really well. And Miles is so gifted, but he's got he's got to be explosive. He's, he's also had some hamstring problems for the first two seasons. That's a little bit of an I- I issue. Um, is he really going to lose touches? I do believe where he – Rarely would be taken out on a third down other than for Boston Scott. If carry on Johnson makes the roster, they're going to, he's going to lose some snaps to uh, Sanders will lose some snaps occasionally to carry on Johnson because Sanders is a very average pass protector. He's, he's not there yet in pass right. pro that I believe it's something to do with him. Carry on Johnson being claimed. Yeah, no, I think that that that's pro- probably also what, what had Brian talking about the completeness. I think he went into that. Just the idea that miles really needs to come along in that part of the game and that carry on Johnson excels in pass protection. In fact, that reminds me 
If you go to InsideTheBirds.com, Andrew DiCecco did a really good All-22 breakdown. Oh, nice. On Carrion Johnson. Nice. And one, one or two of the, uh, the clips that he put in involve Carrion and pass protection. And you can see it with your eyes. And the All-22 really helps from both angles the air angle and the, and the end zone angle yeah. of showing how wow. good he has it's because, and Brian talked about this. It's not just about blocking or technique. It's about seeing the entire defense, understanding where the blitzer is going to come from. Identification. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta, you know, Greg Cosell tells us like the cap safety means the blitz is coming from here. So, you know, like it's not just reading, you know, the front seven and wondering who, who's the one that's kind of rocking back and forth. You got to really understand what you're, what you're seeing out of the whole 11 in front of you and make that, you know, determination in your head where the blitz is likely to come it, from. And he's good funny. at that. It's funny about carry on Johnson. So last summer I was checking into the, the lines backfield and we, we knew DeAndre Swift was going to be a factor. And I asked uh, the, uh, one of our lines guys, I said, Hey, what is carry on going to make it? He goes, what are you kidding? He's, he's, he's not only is our best pass protector, mm-hmm. because if you grade the tape of 32 teams, he's probably a top five pass protector. I'm like, really? Wow. All right. Good nugget. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And then, as you just said, our guy, DeCheco, does a tape breakdown. That's awesome that he yeah, did that. Yeah, really good. Um, so, so we just explained Sanders' role. He's a primary first and second down back. That, that's obviously not going to change. Now, who would back him up as the primary in-game? Because there are two roles here. There, there, there's the, as Jeff said, if Sanders gets hurt, who's the answer? We said this last year. Mm-hmm. Eagles didn't have an answer when Sanders didn't play. Boston Scott was not the answer. It was clearly not the answer. Who would be that answer? Now, I think it's, as you said earlier, I agree with you. It's a combination of two backs. Johnson, if he makes it, which I think, boy, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't make it. His knee must would have to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as his knee is fine, it's Johnson and the other back. Now, Kenny Gainwell is sort of an outlier. Don't think of him as – going to have a defined role every game. It could, it could be a matchup thing. Cause I, I've, what, from what I understand, the staff is big on matchups. So let's say they pay, they play a team that's terrible and their linebackers suck in coverage. Like the Eagles did last year. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Gainwell has a bigger role that game. There might be games where he doesn't touch the football. It just, it, it's again, this guy's a fifth round pick. I know he's better than that, mm-hmm. but he's got to prove it. So I do believe that if Sanders gets hurt, you're looking at carry on Johnson, and I think Carryon Johnson and Boston Scott would be a great tandem. I really do. I would, I would think so. Carryon Johnson in Boston or Carryon and Gainwell. I mean, yeah. you can get one one guy's the runner, the other guy's the cat pass catcher in a lot of ways. And then and change up, right? Yeah, and, and Boston's good. Yeah. Boston's good enough in a limited role to kind of like you don't know if they're going to run or or pass when he's in the game because he's done both. Great point. And he can do well. Great point. Yeah, agree with you. All right, so that'll be a, a real. That's going to be one of the most fun positions to kind of see as training it's going to be camp hard. goes down. It's great. It is. It's, it's going to be hard decisions. to figure it out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the hardest, I think. Um, of receiver also won't. Well, we kind of know who the top three guys will be. Well, at least we think we do. Mm-hmm. But running back, other than Sanders, it, and then we in Jordan Howard. He's going to play into it. We're not guys. We're not going over the other backs because they're not. They're not. They, they have to play their way their, their way in to be a factor. The guys like Holofield is not even going to. The previous staff clearly didn't want him. That he never got a chance. Right. Huntley has no chance. Um, Killens is back. He's a changeup. Yeah. I mean, just practice squad guys. Yeah, they just don't. Fa- they're just. There are too many running backs. And the thing is, the five guys are competing for probably four jobs. That's I know people want to know. There's no way to know how many backs they'll keep. They're not keeping five unless right. one of them gets hurt. There's just no point in keeping five running backs at this point. 
How many did they keep last year? Do you remember? Um, was it just three? Was it Miles, Corey Clement, and Boston Scott? Huntley, remember, Huntley was claimed off waivers. Yeah, uh, so they the kept cutdown. three and then added a fourth right after the cutdown when they claimed Huntley off Let waivers. Let me see. It was so, Sander Scott, Clement. And then Huntley got added late. So they went yeah. into the season opener with four. Yeah, looks like it. Looks like Okay. It. All right. So they could keep four. Oh, but yeah. Corey they Clement, kept Huntley. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Corey Clement signed with the Giants. Yep. The Eagles did not offer him a, a contract to come back. So, um, as I understand it, so he's, uh, he'll have, you know, he, he obviously have to make it on special teams. They're, they're loaded at running back. Um, although he could compete for that number three job there. But, uh, you know, right now, that Eagles running back group, I agree with, I agree with B. West. They got a lot of versatility, they got power, they got size. Mm hmm. The thing, I know we've got this question. It's a phenomenal question, and we don't have the answer yet. We have a partial answer. Is people want to know will this be a more of a run team or the or, or or by analytics being a more of a pass team? Yes, more of a pass team, but I do wonder because Frank Reich's Mr. Balance. He, Frank Reich did not believe in what just based on play calling. He didn't believe in all the things that the Eagles do here in terms of being more pass happy. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder how much of Frank Reich, Reich will rub off on Sirianni. I don't have that answer. Mm-hmm. We do know what the owner wants in terms yes, of passing. Definitely. And as we've heard, what Jeffrey wants, Jeffrey gets. Yeah. Wish that was the case for me. <laughs> <laughs> that Jeffrey. Yeah, you're the other yeah, Jeffrey. And I'm not as nearly as an important Jeffrey. And I spell my name the wrong way. With a G. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what do you got coming up on Twitch? So you do Twitch four days a week now, correct? Yeah. Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. 8 well, wait, you, you taking Friday off? What's, why don't you do five well, days a week? Quiet. It's just quiet. It, it, it's I, I, The good thing is it's been commandeered by Eagle fans. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> and the questions are phenomenal. And uh-huh. and I you know I told the guys if there's a question I don't get, we'll, we'll probably answer it on here or vice versa. But uh, we the Bucks fans come in. Browns fans come in. Right. Funny thing is, we're not getting anyone from the NFC East. I just can't understand none of these. I got to do a better job promoting, and so do they, Twitch. But Mark Schlereth and uh, Trey Wingo have a show, and I'm, I'm probably going to do a show with them at some point just to pop on and oh, cool. vice versa. Nice. And then, um, by the way, your Powder Blue show. Oh, my God. Okay. So explain. We just had the weekend. We're into Monday now. <laughs> so, so, so I did not tell me something on Joe Girardi. Yeah. Okay. I, I need an opinion before we get out of here. A, okay. how do you think he's done so far? Because people are killing him. Over the past weekend, after the, the shenanigans, the issue with uh, Segura, yeah. are you down on him? Where, where are you out here with? Jordan? I'm a little surprised by some of the some of the the strange mistakes that a veteran manager would make that you wouldn't expect. I mean, he was he was pretty tip top with the Yankees as far as you know, handled title. the bullpen really well. Not just that, yeah, he won the title, and then he took a team you know in his last year that nobody thought was was really that good, and probably wasn't to the ALCS, and then they lose to Houston, right? Um, he really handled the bullpen well in New York, and obviously he's had some struggles with that here, among some other things. That the the Phillies are a mess at times, and then they win like three or four in a, in a row to make you think they're good, and then they kind of have a weekend, uh, you know, a series like like with Toronto again that all of a sudden, you know, you you want Nola to bounce back from a bad start. He doesn't have a great start defensively; they're in shambles, and I don't Terrible. know. I do think, though, that you see that it's not always on the like, you know, anybody who hated Gabe Kapler can see that some of the issues from the Kapler regime are still going on. Fundamentals, man. Yeah. So when it's more than just a manager, then you realize you're, you know, it goes deeper than that. So I'm curious to see if they can get their act together defensively, get some bullpen arm, get uh, um, Archie Bradley back. 
that Coonrod nice. guy, holy, he's good. Listen, I think he's got a chance. I think he's oh. got a chance to be a closer someday. He's got to be more consistent. I think yeah. Neris is going to come crashing back to earth. I mean, he already started a little bit, but yeah, you you know, it's uh, Neris will never never hold up. He's very streaky. Agree. Uh, but there the, to close it out with the Phillies, there are three there are three pitcher staff. We knew that coming in. Yep. I mean, we know it going out. I mean, Vince Velasquez, I, I give him credit. I He drives me out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, you Literally, can't get, I know he has had three nice starts here in a row, but I'm not. But, but, but I'll give on. Ruben, Ruben Mar was, he had a great interview. He was on IP a couple yeah. months ago. And he gave great insight to, to why guys like Velasquez are there. It's frustrating as the guy is. He has upside and he's going to drive you crazy, but there's going to be a time when you need him. You, you're, they, their minor leagues still suck. They just don't have anybody else. Other than Spencer Howard, right? Right. But but look, no, there's a got ton- no farm. Right. It, and, amazingly, right? this Mayton kid has come up and hit really How well. About this that's kid? A, that's but been awesome. It's so funny. I never heard of the guy, right? So yeah. I'm like I'm going through all the stats. I'm like, he was drafted by them. Why have we never heard about this guy until now? <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. It just came out of nowhere. Kingery. Oh, all right. It breaks b- my heart. Before we, let's talk about something more positive before yes. we get out of here. All right. Are the are the are the Sixers going to be in the NBA finals this year? Yes, I'm picking them against the Clippers. Don't sleep on the Clippers, folks. Um, Clippers, they, okay. They are right. so loaded. I, I I watch the NBA like crazy. Uh-huh. I'm one of these morons who stays up to one Eastern when, when they're on West Coast, you know, when their game's on a 1030 Eastern, I watch. Yeah. They haven't had their full lineup like the Sixers. Kind of, they're in the same boat. They just haven't had right. PG-13 and um, everybody together. Right. This, Terrence Mann, holy smokes. I don't know if you've seen him off the bench. He's terrific. Yep. Yep. Explosive as hell. Yep. It reminds me a little bit of Tyrese Maxey. Maxey's a little bit more explosive, mm-hmm. but um, they're loaded. They're legit ten deep, and Boogie Cousins is giving him time. He's that would be around. a heck of a storyline, by the way. The clear, you know, Doc Rivers versus his old team. I know. Wouldn't uh, that be crazy? I know. What I know. What else would be a oh, but Kawhi Leonard against the uh, against the Sixers again? You know, like it was a couple of years ago when he was with Toronto. Not yeah, Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, so yeah, Kawhi I, Leonard. Yeah, I um, do believe the Nets just don't play defense. They just don't. Um, I, that, I agree that, with you, but here's my thing. If the yeah. Nets are fully healthy, I think that they, they will outscore the Sixers in a seven-game series. But you I know just what? think that they have more – they're more talented. That's fair, right? They are. They're a more talented um, team. Well, in terms of offense, the, 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 the Sixers have to defend like nobody's business. I mean, having having Dwight Howard, I cannot tell you how important that is. Oh, I thought you were going to say having uh, Matisse Thibel for defense. But well, Matisse him too, too, but, yeah. but when – and B goes out. He's he's incredible. I mean, and he and he scores inside. But uh, it, yeah, it, but if they go small, I mean, depend, then you got to match. Well, they are going to be because they don't really have a center. Yeah. The Nets don't have a center because right. of uh, Aldridge's uh, retirement. Right. Um, Griffin is the sh- he's a shade of himself. He can still play, but he's not the same. Like Griffin's not the same guy. Right. You got the, the Claxton I like is who's uh, who's taken over, but right. Um, overall, I think it's close and you're right. They have, they have more offense than the Sixers do, but they play the Sixers defense is so much better. It's like uh, another zip code. It they is. don't have any I concepts. Feel like, I, I feel like when you're talking about though, guys who are hall of famers, like Harden, Kyrie and Durant, they're not going to have like bad, bad nights because you play good defense. They're hall of famers. I mean, they've, you know, other than Harden, I mean, the other two have won championships. They know what playoff defense is like. They've withstood it. I mean, I get it, but they don't have. Like, they are so bad. I, I've watched the Nets probably twenty times this season. They're so bad defensively. Yeah. Um, Aldridge get Aldridge getting hurt, or you know, unfortunately hurt. He had a he had to retire due to uh, kidney, I guess it was. Yeah. But whatever it was, but the fact of the matter is, it's it's going to be fun. 
Sixers have been fun. Thibel is amazing. Uh, his talk about anticipation. Mm, this whole game defensively is anticipation. The guy's unbelievable. I'll never say anything like it, but uh, they'll be fun, folks. Yeah. May and June will be fun. I, I, man, I hope they get to the finals. We'll see. All right. Over under on how many stick to Eagles comments now we're going to get on. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I know. Tough, yeah. Tough <laughs> Come on. We like to have fun, folks. That's I mean, right. Let's have fun. Let's bask. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Hunter Brody. You can catch his work on YouTube. It's called Sports Talk with Broads. Mm-hmm. Check him out on Twitter, at Broads81 and at Broads Media. And uh, as always, we thank you for flying with us inside the bird.